Hi, I'm Mark Richardson, and welcome to Remodeling Mastery. Remodeling Mastery is a podcast series that's really designed to help you think about and take your business to the next level. This podcast series is supported by Professional Remodeler Magazine, as well as NARI, the National Association of the Remodeling Industry, and produced by my friends at Surefire. So today I'm going to be talking about a topic that, quite frankly, is both kind of philosophical and strategic, but it's also very tactical as well. And that's the whole notion of Zoom interaction or virtual selling. You know, it's really a virtual world and it's becoming that. Now, the reality is we've been thinking about this for a long time. However, as many have said in 2020, one of the fundamental differences, things we've been thinking about and doing are happening so much faster in large part because of COVID-19. So this whole notion of virtual and Zoom selling and all of the interaction that we're talking about there, you know, this is, I think, for many remodelers, we're kind of pulling them into this process. But at the same token, some remodelers are really embracing it. And those remodelers that are embracing it are seeing some really good returns. Matter of fact, our interview after my opening remarks here is with an individual that has really embraced, I think, this in a very successful way. So I'm going to walk you through just some thought processes as it relates to this topic. As I said, you know, at the beginning, you know, we've been forced to be involved in this. And I know at the beginning in March, we were looking at what was the length of time that would get us out of this before we could get back to normal. And I would argue, you know, the normal today is going to be very, very different than it was in the past. So this whole notion of virtual, uh, you can kind of look at it in a lot of different ways. But the way I would at least begin this is that we're not all kind of virtually savvy or virtually equal. You know, generally, people fall into three categories. I would say there's the old school, there's the journeyman, and then there's the pro. Well, the old school in many ways is partially old school because of their beliefs and their kind of denial. And they're very, very focused on high-touch kind of activities. You know, the journeyman is starting to change, I think, their mindset. They're starting to get a little bit more technologically competent and comfortable, but they're kind of doing it out of necessity. And then there's the pro that is loving the virtual, embracing the virtual, and certainly in our interview, I think you'll hear some of the pieces as it relates to that. So, you know, Google actually did a survey that I think really reinforces, and they looked at consumer preferences. And some of the consumer preferences, which I think are driving at least part of this notion, is they really want things to be easy. They want things to be more transparent, and they want things to be more uh, leveraging technology and online. So, you know, it's not a question of whether the consumer uh, wants this, they certainly yearn for it, but they're quite frankly, they're ignorant in terms of how to do it. For the last many homeowners, for the last 30, 40 years, they've been doing remodeling a certain way. So the notion of doing it virtually is something that many homeowners are saying, no, come into my house because they've never experienced it before. And just like with Amazon and Uber and certainly Airbnb, these are 
companies that changed industries. And I think the better remodelers are going to be doing that as well. So a few misconceptions. Number one, people want face-to-face. Well, clearly they don't want a face-to-face as much as they can. Matter of fact, I would even argue it's a little bit scary uh, to go face-to-face looking at someone with a mask. You know, many people think they're already pretty good at going virtual, but I can tell you, having worked with and coached many, many people, uh, most folks are very good in terms of face-to-face selling, but very average when it comes to virtual. Um, You know, another misconception, it's hard to understand the project virtually. Really not true. I would argue with all the other distractions face-to-face, sometimes that focus virtually can be uh, really much, much, uh, much better. Another misconception is older people are not necessarily tech savvy. Again, uh, it's been shown that that cohort of older people are actually embracing this even more and they're forcing themselves to get better and better. You know, it's hard to make selections and modify designs. I mean, many of the folks out there are able to do that very, very successfully. So if you start with breaking down some of the misconceptions, I think that's one of the key areas. So one of the things I've found is it's best to kind of think in terms of virtual versus face-to-face, almost like a new, a different sport. So if you think of face-to-face as being kind of more like football, and you think of virtual being more like rugby, they both involve a ball, they both involve similar fields, they both have, you know, uh, 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 athletic uh, abilities, but there's a lot of differences between the two. You know, there's differences in terms of, you know, how you go about playing the game, uh, the rules of the game, all those kind of things are a little different. And if you can start to get your head around the notion of virtual. It's not necessarily fundamentally different. It's just kind of a new game with a different kind of set of rules. So if you can, I think, embrace that and really work on that, uh, you will take, I think, your game not only to the next level, but you'll actually find that it's pretty uh, enjoyable and there's a lot of rewards to it. So when you think about the numbers, you know, one of the things, and you'll hear a little bit more about this, I think, in our, in our thought leader interview, is, you know, going traditional versus virtual, there's a, there are a lot of benefits. And one of the benefits is the number of leads that you can do in a particular month, number of appointments. And if you're really effective at it and seeing even a similar close rate, based on my analysis, you can literally double the amount of sales that you're able to do if, in fact, you can become really proficient at it. So we're going to talk about just some, a few t- tips and techniques that I've kind of learned in watching those that are being more effective at it. Number one is going virtual involves a sales process that's even more important than face-to-face. When you go face-to-face, you can kind of go with the flow. But going virtual, a sales process is really, really important. Uh, second is, you know, the aesthetics are really important. The backdrop, your look, and, and you know, all of the, your body language, all of those things, because they are somewhat limited in terms of how you're doing, there's, it's very important. Uh, the third is that your company presentation and how you weave into telling the company's story is even more important when you're going virtual. Uh, it's important in terms of having the right kind of little videos 
the right portfolio, the right diagrams, graphics, all of those things, you can make a huge difference when you're going virtual to really force yourself to come tell the company's story. Um, you also want to have more consistent visuals. Uh, the process, I think, is such that you have an opportunity going virtual by integrating it into a great presentation. Uh, that way you can do it uh, uh, in a consistent way. Uh, another element in terms of a tip as it relates to going is the pace is important. Usually those virtual meetings, those virtual sales calls that you're doing, they're going to last probably about half as long as the face-to-face. So you need to practice not only on what you're presenting and how to move the client through, but also the cadence and pace. And you don't want to be too fast, too slow. But what I found in working with quite a few people that if a face-to-face meeting is 80 or 90 minutes, then oftentimes the virtual meetings can be anywhere from 30 to 50 minutes, all the way taking the client to some sort of conclusion. Another tip is to try to have a little bit of levity. Try to weave in a little bit of personal elements to it. Uh, Weave in a little bit of humor if that's what you need to do. And try the best you can to engage all the clients. Now, what I oftentimes encourage is for clients to be on two different computers so that they can both be on Zoom and not be so distracted. Uh, Make it interactive. Try to leverage either a pen or a mouse or those kind of things, pointing out different things as it relates. So it really forces, I think, the client and you to make uh, the attention to what you're talking about. And then probably one of the most important elements is the agenda itself. When you're going virtual, you need to practice how you set the stage, how you set the agenda, because controlling the virtual experience is especially important. So like I said, we have a thought leader interview coming up here shortly, but I do want to just kind of summarize with some kind of action steps. Number one, as I said, you know, going virtual, I think, is something that is happening whether you like it or not. So I would say at least in terms of your acumen and your skills, you should make it a a priority. Second is adjust your mindset. I think those people that think going face-to-face is a more personal experience, it's not necessarily true. You know, there are many virtual experiences. You even have more of a connection, not less of a connection with a client. Make it different. Make it fun. Try to add a little bit of levity and humor into it. And I think that will be make it more memorable. Uh, invest the time and the dollars for the right technologies to be able to do this, whether they're technologies in terms of the, the actual experience or technologies in terms of some of the design tools. And then lastly, and not least, but, you know, it's been said, you know, if you're not changing, if you're not adjusting, you're going to become irrelevant. So I would really just encourage, put your stake in the sand and say to yourself, okay, I'm going to practice some amount of time every single day at really taking my game to the next level. So I want to thank everybody listening to this portion again. I want to thank my supporters with NARI, the National Association of the Remodeling Industry, as well as Professional Remodeler. And stay tuned for our thought leader discussion as it relates to this topic. Take care, everyone. Welcome back. I'm your host, Mark Richardson, to Remodeling Mastery. Uh, as 
I've said many times this segment of Remodeling Mastery is probably not only one of the more enjoyable parts, certainly for me, uh, but also I think one of the more insightful parts, certainly for you. And that's when I interview or have a conversation with, you know, someone that's out there doing it like you, someone that has maybe cracked the code on a particular element uh, of this kind of crazy times and certainly the remodeling activity. Today, I have a special guest, someone I've known and consider uh, not only a, a, a great remodeler just up in the north of the Baltimore area, but also a good friend that I think has done, I think, some very interesting things that we're going to be talking about. You know, so many people talk about virtual selling, but how many people are actually doing it? You know, how are they doing it? Why have they kind of stuck with it? You know, I'm finding that, you know, so many people out there say, you know, my clients are happy to have me in the home. Well, one of the things Dave's done differently is he's made it virtual selling an integral part of his process. And, uh, you know, at this point, it's got a lot of benefits. So with all that being said, welcome Dave Smith and, and uh, with Smith House, uh, just north of the Baltimore design built firm. So Dave, welcome to Remodeling Mastery. And uh, maybe you can start, Dave, by, you know, telling a little bit more about yourself and a little bit more about uh, the company. Yeah, thanks, Mark. Um, thanks for having me. Uh, great to be with you and kind of honored to be a part of it. Um, yeah, so Smith House, we're in our 15th year. Um, we're a design build firm and um, we kind of launched into the design side of things um, maybe two or three years ago. I can't recall, but um, and, you know, have a great team of uh of people that we all work together and and the bulk of what we do is renovations and additions um lots of kitchens lots of bathrooms lots of kind of whole house renovations and then this year we also launched a handyman division so good so you're you're good size kind of but diversified a little bit so you've experienced dave kind of the you've gotten kind of dealt the same cards that everyone else that you know, mid-March, it's like, oh my God, what's going on out there? Uh, walk us through some of those kind of a little bit down memory lane of mid-March. How were you feeling at the time? How were you reacting to kind of what was happening? Mm -hmm. Well, probably like a lot of um, people, we were, you know, a little freaked out. And I think that, um, you know, from some key people like yourself, you know, one of the messages that um, was helpful to me was it was kind of a time to kind of step up and lead and to kind of, you know, think about solutions. And so we started dabbling with at first uh, Google, uh, what's it called? Google Hangouts, I think it's called, um, and just started having some remote meetings internally, uh, some virtual meetings with clients and saw, you know, hey, this this actually has some traction here and, and it's safer for everybody than going into each other's homes and so forth. And then we started dabbling with it in sales. Um, and then it wasn't long, you know, long after that, I mean, weeks, not months that we, you know, stumbled onto Zoom um, as kind of the interface. Um, 
So having been kind of introduced these different platforms, uh, obviously you've settled into Zoom. What what do you see kind of as the the value and the benefit of a little bit more of that Zoom experience? Mm-hmm. It's really been a game changer for us. Um, you know, to give kind of a practical example, you know, before Zoom, sort of, you know, pre-COVID, I would try to average two sales appointments a week um, myself, um, two to three a week that I'd be in people's homes. That was kind of my like, you know, general rule of thumb. And since we switched to Zoom, just with the increase in efficiency that I'm not driving around and, and things and the appointments, frankly, aren't as long over Zoom, you know, I, I'm averaging, you know, five to six a week. Um, and so it's been a game changer in terms of how quickly we're able to respond to leads that are coming in. Um, and probably like a lot of people right now, you know, we've, we're having more leads than we've ever had before. Um, and so, gosh, I, I can't imagine how we would be responding to all these leads if we were still getting in a car and driving to their house. Excellent. So one of the things that I think, uh, uh, Dave, that you've done very, very well is you've kind of made the Zoom experience, that initial meeting with a client, uh, experience very much just a standard integral part of your process as opposed to an option. Maybe you can touch on that because as I see different people out there, oftentimes I'm hearing them say, oh yeah, you know, the homeowners are happy to have us in the house. And I immediately say, well, I can appreciate they're happy, but how can you be happy and more affected by driving, getting in their home, they're, everybody's looking at each other with half of their face, all of those kind of things. But you've been able to kind of crack the code and make it part of your process. Why don't you touch on that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, it's sort of like, uh, I was thinking about this, it's sort of like, you know, a few years ago, and, and probably every contractor or remodeler has heard this, when a client has wanted to make an appointment and they've requested the appointment be on evenings or weekends. Um, and the reason for that is because they work. And I, I can remember just kind of chuckling about that internally to myself in the past thinking, well, well so do I. Um, and <laughs> I'd like to reserve right. weekends for time with my family. And so a couple of years back, we kind of made a firm shift that no, we're not doing weekend and night appointments. Um, and there's some exceptions to that, obviously, but generally speaking, no, we don't. And so we just kind of made that. That's just how we work. And in a similar way, you know, when we first started branching out and doing Zoom, we got a lot of the, you know, where you just need to see it. It's hard to explain over a virtual meeting. You just got to come see the space. Um, and we got a little pushback. And so it, it just, we transitioned to just firmly saying, this is how we do this process, such that kind of my nickname on this type of stuff is, is Diva Dave. Um, because I kind of say, you know, no, why, why, 
why would we drive around town to someone's house when we can have a very effective meeting right in our office, right in the comfort of our space, and they can too. And we actually get to see each other's faces that aren't behind masks and all of this other stuff. And so I think once we firmly said, this is how we're doing it, it, it really benefited us. So let's actually walk through maybe a little bit of the process because one of the keys to this I know is setting the stage for this uh, virtual or Zoom appointment. Uh, walk us through, you have an individual that kind of fields the information and really sets the stage for that initial uh, virtual visit with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it all starts with the setup. So, you know, Josh from our office, as part of taking the lead information, will ask that they send us some photographs um, ahead of the meeting of the areas that they would like to discuss. And we take those photos and then we create just a simple, you know, PowerPoint type slide presentation. So when the Zoom meeting starts, our screen is already shared and that's already up waiting for them. And it has sort of a brief little agenda on the first screen. And so all we do is just outline kind of an upfront contract kind of thing. You know, this is how the meeting will go. We're going to talk about, we'd love to hear about your project and your goals. And then we'll talk about our team and our process and that'll kind of lead to next steps. You know, does that sound good? And and then from there, we kind of dive in. Um, so the clients are sending photographs and you're integrating them in. So walk us through a little bit of that, that uh, a typical conversation uh, that you might have with someone. Uh, you know, obviously you're going in the home. There's a lot more get to know each other. Do you still have uh, a lot of the uh, kind of relationship things or do you just use the project as the vehicle for that? Um, we do. We, we um, you know, it, it's not uncommon that we, we try to insert, you know, whether it's little things of, of kind of humor um, and just kind of connect relationally about things or, or just ask, we try to ask good questions. Um, so reviewing the photos ahead of time, reviewing the house a little bit and, and that can, you know, stimulate good conversation where if there, it's a kitchen renovation, for instance, um, we, we get to ask still about their motivators and their priorities and what they're going for and what's important to them. Um, you know, we always hit things like that. We hit things like, you know, experience with past projects. Um, certainly we always hit budget and timeline. Um, so I think that's been helpful. I also think the team aspect is helpful. So at a minimum, we always have two people from our team uh, that meet with Interesting. the Interesting. Sometimes it's, it's more common that we have three, um, which surprisingly is not really overwhelming in the Zoom experience, whereas it might be if it were in person to have three people come <laughs> to your door. But um, on the Zoom experience, it's really not because we can say, you know, here's you know, Amber from, from our design team. And, and here's, you know, Josh or JP from our production team. And, and, you know, I'm Dave. And, and so it's kind of, it becomes more of a conversation and less of a presentation. So when you do have the multiple players, how do you kind of use them as 
resources or tools in the conversation. Any tips with that? Because I think that's brilliant to uh, have more people involved. Yeah, so we typically have kind of an opener and a closer. So we'll agree ahead of time, like, hey, who's going to do the opening? And so the opener, they go over the upfront contract with the client. They ask a lot of the key questions for like project motivators. Um, and they lead that, but the others are kind of expected to kind of chime in kind of, you know, at random times and just make it more organic kind of thing. Um, and right. not um, And then the closer, they're the one that's going to go over our team. So we have a, a photo of our team and that's where we can call out, you know, hey, hey, you see in the background, you know, there's Amber and, you know, you see over there, there's Josh and the grumpy guy in the back is JP and, you know, kind of make it kind of humorous. And then um, after our team, we go over our process, which is our three-step design process. And then in terms of closing it, we, you know, we have a sample uh, feasibility study. That's, that's our step one is a feasibility study. And we go over what the cost of that will be and what the language is going to be. And then we say, hey, you know, if this all looks good to you. We can go ahead and schedule the appointment right now. You know, we do have some opening for our next field measure, you know, the week of the 19th or something like that. How does that sound? And sometimes they'll agree right then and there on that first call. That sounds great. Let's get it scheduled. Sometimes they'll, you know, like any appointment say, well, let me think it over or let me review it with so-and-so. But um, we have seen our percentages increase steadily from the first quarter, which has been which has been good to see. Now, do you see those percentages increasing because of homeowners feeling more comfortable with this kind of interaction? Or do you see it mainly because of your skills and your team's skills of fine tuning the sales process? I think it's probably both. Like, I think that Generally speaking, you know, after everybody's been used to Zoom meetings for a couple months now, for the most part, I think that it's a more acceptable way to do business than when we first started. At the same time, I also I know that we've gotten so much more comfortable and so much better at things. So, you know, when we first started in that first quarter, we close rates for feasibility studies were in the low teens, you know, 12 Thirteen percent, and then in the second quarter they uh, got up to fifteen percent, and then last quarter they're in the low twenties. So we we've kind of been inching that up, which has been great. And I think it's probably a little bit of both, is my hunch. Now, one thing also to highlight is the level of commitment you're asking for from the client uh, at that point that they're actually making a commitment to you, and they're actually than uh, writing a check for what level? Uh, the feasibility study is intended to be a little bit more of a no-brainer. So, um, for instance, for a kitchen renovation, a common fee for that first step would be $3,500. So it's, it's still it's a significant amount of money that you're asking for, given the fact that fit, you're doing all, all of this more virtually and you probably a year ago, if, if you would, we would discuss this, you would have thought, oh, no one's going to want to proceed to that level of commitment just based on a Zoom, Zoom interaction. Correct. Yeah. So, so as, you, as you think about this, 
Dave, uh, and obviously you've been at it and you've shared some pretty amazing results uh, with me the other day in terms of, you know, it is in fact the standard right now. It's it's the way you do it. It's not an alternative. I think you said of, you know, roughly 100 leads over the course of a period of time, 99 of them, you did this way. So it, that clearly is is the way you're doing it. What would you say are one or two or three kind of lessons learned from this, you know, either, you know, good or bad? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that your setup is really important. Um, and we're in the process now of kind of creating dedicated virtual meeting rooms at our office. Um, you know, my setup right now I'm in my home office, it has good lighting. Lighting is really important, I think, for Zoom meetings. Um, I think I'm a fan of the virtual backgrounds. I think that it um, just having a nice background, especially if it's a project you've done, um, it just adds a, another kind of element to it that I think brings it up a notch. Um, there's arguments, I guess, for and against it, but we favor those. Um, so those would be two important things. I think too, you have to slow down a bit with your conversation because sometimes it's almost like there's a slight lag a little bit with conversations with, with clients. And um, it's easy to start speaking before they finish their thought. And so you, it almost in a helpful way though, it's kind of like a mental note to just pause and, and be okay with a little bit of an awkward silence. It, it, even if that happens, um, it's, it's not the end of the world. Um, Cause I think it's better that they, they feel heard and that you're just letting them speak and you're trying to listen. So. So if, if, if someone said, okay, I've been at this for a while. I got it. I get it. I need to do this. What would you recommend as a kind of a, uh, a path? What would you recommend as a, um, you know, as steps involved to quite frankly, become better and more masterful of this approach? Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, I'd start with your setup. I think, you know, I would not do it in a conference room. I think you need to be physically one foot away from the camera, not 10 feet away from the camera. I think it, it needs to feel more of like a, you're mimicking a, an in-person conversation where you can see facial expressions and things like that. Um, I think it shouldn't be through your phone. If, if possible, um, it's I think it's better done on a laptop or you know a monitor that has a good camera. Um, you know, I think those are a couple of things off the top of my head, but um, that can easily get somebody started. But I think too, just to just to adapt to it and go for it. I, I think there's part of it with us that when we made the call to just switch to this, we weren't totally convinced that this was going to be, I mean, we still had doubt. I mean, we still were wondering how much clients were really going to kind of allow us to lead in this way. And um, but once we just firmly said, this is how we do things, it, it, we've never really turned back. So let's maybe summarize with, with uh, even some broad results, because at the end of the day, yes, this is 
a different kind of experience. And yes, you need to kind of tweak your sales process a bit, you know, but, uh, you know, the real question is results. So it sounded like your close rates for these design contracts are in the 20 to 25% at this point. Is that right? That's right. What, what, what other, I mean, do you, how else can you quantify this? I mean, the amount of you, you shared earlier, uh, you know, before you were doing two leads, roughly two, three leads, maybe a week, and now you're doing five to six and you could probably, you know, do even more than that if you wanted to. Right. Mm -hmm. You definitely could. Um, it's more, it's at this point, it's more me pushing clients out because I, I, don't have the bandwidth to meet with them or other people from our team are meeting with them. I think the the beauty with Zoom is it, it and just virtual meetings in general is it extends to so much more than just sales. Um, it's been a just a game changer for us, like I'm sure for many people, but and just efficiencies. You know, we have weekly progress meetings with on all of our jobs and you know, pre-COVID, it was a challenge for me to ever kind of pop in at those. I'd like to pop in time to time and just see how things are going and connect with the client. Well, it's easy for me to make those appearance much more easy, much easier to make those appearances now when I can just pop in over Zoom because all of our meetings, all of our progress meetings are by Zoom now. Um, so we, we transition not just from sales, but from our weekly progress meetings all of our internal meetings, most of them are all by Zoom. Um, and so it's something that can can really transfer to not just sales, but just different parts of the of the business and just increase productivity and and um, be a really you know good thing. And it certainly keeps you out of the off the highway and uh, spending more time. Uh, certainly with your family and, and more time and having more flexibility. So I just want to really thank Dave Smith. Uh, if you have questions, issues, you can always reach out to him at Smith House or reach back to me and I'll be glad to make any introductions and certainly be happy to help you with, you know, other resources that are really out there. I also want to thank our supporters with Professional Remodeler as well as with Neri, the National Association of the Remodeling Industry, and certainly the folks at Surefire that produce this and have, I think, a technology platform that is also, you know, important for any business to consider. So thanks again for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Mark. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Remodeling Mastery by Mark G. Richardson, produced by Surefire Local. You can subscribe to this podcast on any mobile phone using iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.